Today we are looking at being equipped with God's gift. And we all like gifts, right? Don't we? Of course we do. The first question then we have is, what do you enjoy doing that other people consider difficult or unpleasant? What do you consider doing that others consider difficult or unpleasant? Okay, <laughs> we use eating. Yeah. All right. Anybody else? You enjoy doing it, but other people see it as difficult or unpleasant. Needlework. Needlework. Arts and crafts. Okay. Anyone else? Well, let's look at the point at the top of page 46. God has uniquely gifted us to serve who? Him. He has uniquely gifted us to serve Him. Now, some people think that the gift that they have is for themselves. And they can decide to do whatever they feel like with it. Uh, but God has given us a gift to serve Him. And sometimes we may not feel like uh, utilizing that gift, but it's not up to us because it's God's gift. And God wants to use it to bring glory to himself. Okay, let's look at the Bible Meets Life on page 46. Could someone read that, please? Know any gifted people? When I hear that word, it takes me back to the third grade. I don't know how or why, but I was chosen to go to the school library once a week and work with a gifted teacher. When we met for the first time, the teacher challenged me to write using my imagination. I was happy to oblige, but all I wanted to write about was Jesus. That previous summer, I had given my life to Christ, and he was all I could talk about. Displeased, the gifted teacher told me if I didn't open up my mind to other subjects, I would have to go back to the not-so-gifted classroom. And that's how I got kicked out of the gifted class, because my gift was talking about Jesus. As we'll see in today's session, the Bible talks about giftedness from a much, much different perspective. God gifts his followers in a way that is far different and far greater than any talent or giftedness typically celebrated in modern culture. Okay, let's look at what the Bible has to say. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 6. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God activates each gift in each person. In this, this, this section in 1 Corinthians has been interpreted in a number of ways by various uh, Bible scholars. And uh, while some have hesitated to explore the work of the Holy Spirit, others have focused almost exclusively on the Holy Spirit uh, with regards to this, this passage. Uh, what we need is a healthy balance in order to understand who the Spirit is and how He actually works in us, through us, 
not only in us, but through us, uh, to extend God's kingdom here on earth and bring glory and honor to God. The study of spiritual gifts has resulted in significantly varied or multiplicity of views. One view is that some of the gifts often referred to as the sign gifts, which were present in the early church, ceased at the end of that period. They no longer exist. While the remaining gifts are still present today. Another view is that all of the gifts mentioned in the New Testament are still being given by God the Holy Spirit. As with any study of scripture, when looking at this passage, we should use all biblical tools and sound exegetical principles available to us along with much prayer and great humility in order to understand what God wants us to understand, especially as it relates to the gifts of the Spirit. Be careful who we listen to also with regards to the Spirit, uh, 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 these spiritual gifts, because there are many people in our world today who are confused when it comes to the gifts and what is relevant today and what is not. Uh, question number two on page 48. What have you heard or been taught about the definition and, and importance of spiritual gifts? I just mentioned, be careful who you listen to. So what have you heard about the importance of spiritual gifts, the definition and the importance? Anybody? Blessing um, to everyone who receives it. And God bless you with gifts to um, share with others mm -hmm. and each other and hold them and also for a glory of God. Okay. A gift that is given to individuals, when that gift is presented, <coughs> it, it gives the audience, the assurance that this particular gift is not from the individual, but it's from God, is his enlightenment to the others that it's, uh, that he is, you know, it's freely accepted without questions. Okay. Okay, let's read the uh, paragraphs on page 48. Someone want to read that? I'll try, but I've got a sore throat. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Have Give you it noticed a... how easily we make distinctions between people by slapping labels on them? Blue collar or white collar? Republican or Democratic? UBD or FNM? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
This was faulty because the church and every single believer within the church is under the leadership of Christ. Catch the repeated emphasis Paul gave in the verses. The same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. The same God in Christ in your life is the same Lord in Christ in my life. Every follower of Christ knows him and experiences him in a personal, powerful way because the Holy Spirit dwells in all believers. Now, the fact that we have the same leader and the same spirit doesn't mean we're all the same as individuals. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence to work in and through us. Part of that work is empowering us to serve through our spiritual gifts. These spiritual gifts are not material gifts, nor are they natural abilities or talents. Instead, spiritual gifts are given to us by God when we are born again. In fact, the words translated as gifts in this passage literally means a gift involving grace. So even though we share one spirit, one Lord, and one God, we are still unique. God works in our lives in different ways. The same spirit gives different gifts. And all of those spiritual gifts can be used in different ministries. In other words, even believers who have the same spiritual gift can be used by God in a variety of ministry settings and opportunities. The result is different activities. The word activities is much richer than a list of actions on a to-do list. The Greek term carries the idea of working and getting something accomplished. In other words, it's effective. These activities accomplish the fruitful work that God desires. Now let's run all of that together. The Holy Spirit works through you and me with a diversity of spiritual gifts, and he places us in different ministries and roles to use those various gifts. And these ministries of God will result in effective work for his kingdom. Okay, very good. You made it. <laughs> All right, now notice it's mentioned in there uh, gifts, uh, spiritual gifts is mentioned in there, and also talents is mentioned in there. And sometimes people uh, confuse both as being the same. Uh, they're, they're, they're not the same. A spiritual gift is uh, primarily given by God. Uh, through the Holy Spirit at a believer's spiritual birth. A talent is given uh, by God through parents. Now the spiritual gift is, in, is specifically designed to benefit the body of Christ. A talent on the other hand is given by God through our parents and is specifically designed to benefit the general public, mankind in general. And so we have, some people have a, a knack, you probably need a person who have a knack for doing stuff, they could fix this and fix that and fix that, but that's a talent. Uh, and that, that, that talent is beneficial to anybody who they come in contact with that they can, they can uh, a neighbor or a friend or anybody who they can pick up a gadget that they have that's not working and fix it. Nobody had to train them to do it, it's just that they have a knack that they can do it. And that's what a talent is. That's not a spiritual gift, it's a talent. Spiritual gift is given so that you can use it to benefit primarily the body of Christ. And that's why we are not to withhold 
uh, the exercise of our spiritual gifts because they're not ours, uh, especially for members of the body of Christ. So let's look at some highlights in that, those paragraphs that we read. Uh, first one is the same Lord and Christ in your life is the same Lord and Christ in my life. Every follower of Christ knows him and experiences him in a personal and powerful way because the Holy Spirit indwells all believers. That's one point we saw from the paragraph. Then the next one is, now the fact that we have the same Lord and the same Spirit doesn't mean we're all the same as individuals. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence to work in and through us. He is the one who is working in and through us, not we ourselves. And then the third point that is highlighted here is, so even though we share one spirit, one Lord, and one God, we are still unique. God works in our lives in different ways. And we see that in an experiential way, when you come in contact with individuals from time to time. And then the fourth point uh, mentioned is, let's not, let's, now let's run it all together. The Holy Spirit works through you and me with a diversity of spiritual gifts. And he places us in different ministries and roles to use those various gifts. And these ministries of God will result in effective work for his kingdom. Okay, so we see the importance there of being involved in ministries in the church. If God has gifted you, then he expects you to use that gift in a capacity, in some way, uh, to benefit the body. Now, in a process of elimination, if God has given believers gifts, and they're not using those gifts, then it means that the body of Christ is lacking the exercise of those gifts to a certain extent. Okay? And so we have gifts. We need to remember, not because nobody is asking us to serve in a particular ministry. The fact that God has given us a gift means that we ought to use it in some particular way, shape, or form. Otherwise, the body is lacking the gift that you have, that you're not using, that you're just sitting on. So we need to remember that. Um, so as we move to verses 7 to 10, we'll see some specific spiritual gifts Paul mentioned in the letter to the Corinthians. So let's look at those passages then. Uh, someone read 7 to 10 on page 47. Now there are different gifts, no, that's not it. Page, page 47, yeah, verses 7 to 10. Yeah. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distribution between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages. To another, interpretation of languages. Okay, good. So you see there's a, there's a variety of gifts there. You can start right there. There's a variety of gifts you see there. Now notice we have a, a definition of two phrases there. Verse 7. A demonstration of the Spirit as believers 
allow the Spirit to guide and empower them, they reveal the working of the Spirit through their service to God and others. See that? Let me read it again. As believers allow, the Holy Spirit is not going to overpower us. We've got to allow Him. So as believers allow the Spirit to guide and empower them, they reveal the working of the Spirit through their service to God and others, not to themselves. Okay? Implied is that the use of a spiritual gift is never to bring attention to the believer, but only to God. See that? Now there are people who use uh, spiritual gifts to attract attention to themselves. That's not the reason for the gift. The reason for the gift is that God might be glorified. Now people may see that believer exercising that gift and say, Oh, praise God for that brother or sister. Not praise the individual, but praise God for them. Why? Because they are allowing God's gift to be exercised through them and they're not taking any glory for it. I met a, uh, there was a church leader some time ago that I knew. Uh, they wanted to honor him because of his many years of service and he was angry. He was upset. You know, they wanted to give him an honor for, he'd been in ministry for a lot of years. And they wanted to give him, uh, they wanted to honor him. And he was up, no, 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 I'm not taking anything. You know, and he was, he was out of it about that. And so one of the brothers pulled him aside and said, well, why, you know, you, you've been faithful, you know. He says, I don't want it because I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to feel like I'm pinching off a little piece of God's glory. And he refused it. He wouldn't take it. You know, but there are some believers who grab that, they'll run with it. You know, there's nothing wrong with being honored for what you do. But if you if you strongly feel as if you would prefer all the glory to go to God, then praise the Lord. Okay, but some believers use their spiritual gifts to get attention to themselves and not to give glory to God or to benefit the body of Christ as a whole. That's not what the spiritual gifts are for. They are to bring service to God and others, to glorify God. Uh, we haven't, uh, but let's look at page 49. We have some other uh, information on 49 that gives us some definitions. Paul offered a list of spiritual gifts in these verses, but it wasn't intended to be exhaustive. In other words, this isn't all of them. He listed other spiritual gifts in, in Romans chapter 12 and also 1 Corinthians 12. And also uh, verses 27 to 30 of 1 Corinthians 12. Also in Ephesians 4:11, Peter also discussed spiritual gifts in 1 Peter chapter 4. Paul have attempt, people have attempted to group these gifts in various ways, but perhaps the simplest way is to put them in four broad categories. Notice the categories: gifts that support. Gifts such as helping and managing guide the work of the church. There is the gifts of helps. People are very good at helping others. Very good at that. Helping and there are people who are gifted at managing. Those are gifts. Um, and then there are gifts that share. Gifts such as showing mercy and hospitality are tangible ways of communicating God's love. Gifts that speak, gifts such as teaching, 
and prophecy ground the church in God's word. Gifts that supplement, gifts such as wisdom, knowledge, and faith support other gifts. The wonderful thing about the list of spiritual gifts is their variety. They are diverse and their many combinations create more and more ways we can serve Christ and his church. Remember, however, that Paul's goal wasn't to categorize spiritual gifts. Rather, Paul focused on the purpose of those gifts. A demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial, according to verse 7. Your gift is not your personal benefit. Again, that is emphasized. Your gift is not your personal benefit. In fact, any use of a spiritual gift to direct attention and glory to an individual is a misuse of that gift. But we see people doing that over and over today. God has given us these gifts so that we might build up, one, strengthen, two, and encourage the church, three, reveal Christ, four, and glorify God. That's five things that the gifts are intended to do. Properly using your gift accomplishes all three. So we see how we can accomplish the purpose of the gifts that God has given us. Okay, strengthen, encourage, build up other individuals and in God's church. Now, something else we need to keep in mind with regards to the gifts uh, that is implied in verse 10. A literal translation of the performing of miracles is the workings of powers. Uh, so the gifts can be described as the workings of powers. Whose powers? God's powers through the Holy Spirit. Paul may have been indicating a broader type of power than miracles of physical healing. For example, Peter accused Ananias and Sapphira of lying to the Spirit and they suddenly dropped dead. Remember that? The book of Acts notes many signs and wonders were being done among the people through the hands of the apostles. Most of us tend to think of prophecy as the ability to reveal God's plan for the future. That's a general understanding of prophecy in the minds of many people today. However, the Bible shows that the main use of, these, of this gift was to speak God's truth with a special degree of clarity and boldness. That's what prophecy meant in this context. To speak God's word with clarity and boldness. When we, note, when we note Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 36, we notice distinguishing between spiritual spirits refers to the Holy Spirit giving some believers the ability to determine if the teachers and leaders are being led by God or by Satan. The last two gifts are the most difficult to understand. While the exact nature of these language, languages is debated, a careful study of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 provides additional insight. Apparently in the Corinthian church, individual members 
individual members chose to misuse or abuse their gifts. They would jump up randomly during the worship meetings and begin making sounds no one could understand. And um, it created confusion. No one was concerned about teaching or encouraging the body of believers, only about bringing attention to themselves. And this continues to happen today in, in the local church. In chapter 14, Paul showed the superiority of prophetic messages and gave clear guidelines for worship that builds up the body of Christ rather than draw attention to certain individuals within the body. And so we see from, from this, we see how important it is to exercise spiritual gifts not for personal attention to ourselves or attraction to ourselves, but so that the body of Christ might be benefited and individual believers in the body might, might grow and be benefited. Question number three on page 49. What's one of your spiritual gifts? Anybody want to answer that question? Teaching. Teaching, okay. Anybody else? Showing mercy. Showing mercy. Anyone else? Hospitality. Hospitality. Alright, so it's good that we can identify uh, your spiritual gifts. And it's okay to say you don't know. Okay, it's okay to say I don't know what my spiritual gift is. And that way you can ask God to reveal it to you. Because some people really don't know what their spiritual gifts are. Mind you, they may be exercising it, but they may not identify it as a spiritual gift. They may see it as a talent. Okay, note the final paragraph on page 49. Again, your gift is not for, is not for your spiritual benefit. Personal benefit. Hmm? Huh? Personal benefit. Oh, I said spiritual aid. Okay, personal. Thank you for correcting me there. In fact, any use of a spiritual gift to direct attention and glory to an individual is a misuse of that gift. So if you see anybody doing that, you could point it out to them. Listen, you know, you're using that the wrong way. Okay? God has given us these gifts so that we might build up, strengthen, and encourage the church. Reveal Christ and glorify Him. Properly using your gift accomplishes all three. Okay, that's for greater emphasis there. Question number four on page 49. Okay, anybody want to answer that one? When have you benefited personally from the spiritual gift of another person? Sunday. Ah, you got it. I was going to say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Almost every Sunday. Okay, because when we go into service, we are benefiting from the gifts of others who are gifted. Be it the choir members, be it our pastor, be it other individuals who minister individually. Uh, we are all benefiting uh, all the time. 
Uh, we just don't uh, see it that way, but that's the way it is. So as we conclude verse 11, we'll see an important clarification on the source and distribution of spiritual gifts. Verse 11. Okay, so Paul concludes this section with a strong statement about the right attitude believers should have towards spiritual gifts. He reminded his readers that all the gifts he mentioned come from the Holy Spirit, all of them, every single one of them. They are, they are, they are gifts of power to be used according to the Spirit's direction and for the Spirit's work of strengthening and extending God's kingdom here on earth. Just as importantly, the Spirit gives these special abilities to each believer as he sees fit, or as we say, as he feels like. Okay, he can do whatever he wants with them because he's God, and he determines which gift is suitable for the which particular individual. A person may have a different type of temperament from another temperament from another person, and this particular gift would be suited to that person. And so the Holy Spirit determines who gets what gift. Paul, while Paul admonished us to desire the gifts in chapter uh, 12 of 1 Corinthians 31, we should be aware of falling into the trap of asking for a particular gift for ourselves because of the desire to use it for our own glory instead of for God's. I met a young lady one time who was, who was uh, upset that she couldn't speak in tongues like everybody else who she saw was doing it. And she wanted to be able to speak in tongues. I wonder why. Do you think she wanted the attention? Yeah. yeah. She wanted attention. She wanted people to look at her because she was able to speak in tongues. And she was pretty upset about that. We should trust the Holy Spirit's perfect wisdom and his sovereign authority to distribute the gifts as he sees fit. Okay, don't tell the Holy Spirit you don't want this one, you want another one. Okay, he's the one that determines what you deserve and what you should have. And so our response should simply be humility, gratitude, and also awe that we have been equipped in these ways to join together in the building up of God's kingdom. Question number five. What if you have a gift you don't want? <laughs> Why doesn't the Holy Spirit give every believer every gift? You know, some people have gifts they don't want. Let's, let's look at the paragraphs on page uh, 50. God knows you very well. You agree? Yes. Nobody knows you better. Far better than you, sh than you know yourself. In fact, God also knows what his church needs. Therefore, the spiritual gifts he desires to work through you are just right for his will. He distributes his gift to each person as he wills. According to verse 11. 
That does raise some interesting questions. Two questions. What if you have a gift you don't want? I heard that question one night when I was teaching a class on spiritual gifts to young adults. The man who asked it looked mad and miserable. I prayed a quick prayer for wisdom and immediately God put the answer in my mind. I said, God will change your wanter. A few days later, the young man came to my office. God had called him to preach, but he'd been running away from God. He'd been running from God. Since that class, God indeed had changed his heart and his wanter. God put a desire in him to use his gift in the local church. And he's been faithfully doing that now for 20, for over 25 years. It bears repeating. God knows you better than you know yourself. Trust him. The gift you have is the gift you need. Next question. Why doesn't the Holy Spirit give every believer every gift? A healthy body needs every member working in harmony together. Accordingly, God has orchestrated his church so that no one has everything he needs without the involvement of others in his life. We were designed to live in relationship. Therefore, through God's distribution of gifts, we are interdependent of each other, even as we depend on Christ. Life in Christ fundamentally requires cooperation and partnership. Think of what it would be like if everybody had every gift. Nobody would need nobody else. There'd be no cooperation. There'd be no partnership. There'd be no relationship. Because everybody would be doing their own thing. Question number five. Okay. How has God uniquely gifted our class, as it were? to serve him and others. But well, we just heard it, right? And the individuals who stress what their gifts are. Some have mercy, some have hospitality, and so on. And so we see that giftedness among us. Now there's an exercise there on uh, page 50 as well. 51, yes. Uh, how do spiritual gifts benefit churches today? Select two of the spiritual gift, cate gift categories listed below. Use the space at the right of these categories to record different ways spiritual gifts can impact and influence the modern church. We have the gift categories, gift that support, and then you should be able to write a modern application there and how that gift to support works. Uh, gifts that share, gifts that speak, gifts that supplement. And those are some of the gifts we saw earlier uh, on in the study, so you know what they are, uh, what they mean. And uh, for your personal benefit, uh, you can write in that application there. The point, again, God has uniquely gifted us to serve who? Him, not ourselves. Okay, let's see how we can apply this lesson today then. Uh, page 52. Live it out. So we've seen that God has uniquely gifted you to serve him and contribute to his 
local church. How will you respond to these realities during the course of this week or as we move on from here? Consider the following options. One, worship. Praise God that he has a divine purpose for your life. Set aside a specific block of time to thank him and praise him for the ways he has uniquely gifted you to accomplish that purpose. Two, discover. If you don't know your spiritual gifts, take an assessment to help you discover how God has blessed you and how your gifts can be used in and through your church. And thirdly, train. Make it a priority to mentor other believers who are unsure about their spiritual gifts. Help them discover ways that they are gifted and able to serve. You may notice a person who is not doing anything in the church. They just come to church, sit on the bench, absorb the message, go home and do it all over and over and over again. So you probably need to look at that person, pull them aside and say, you know, you think about serving? What do you think your gifts are? And uh, work with that particular individual in terms of mentoring them. So three things we can do as a result of applying the lesson of today. Worship, discover, and train. So that this whole class session would not be a fruitless exercise. And then finally, as a follower of Christ, you are part of the gifted class. But remember that your desire should always be to glorify God by using the gifts he has given you. Those gifts are for the benefit and good of the whole church. You can underline that, the whole church. So use what you've been given as an act of what? As an act of love. Amen? Amen.